Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Worst Idea of All Time. Um, Season 4... Six in the city, one. Thirty-seven. Watch. You do the math. I'm. I'm going to refuse to do the math. Um. Yeah, that. The numbers add up. Uh, look. Look. What can you say, Tim? We're sitting next to each other. Mm-hmm. It was nice. No, we it wasn't. We you don't have to lie to me. No, it was. You're trying we to spare my feelings. We weren't super focused. And you don't have to. But by and large, it was nice having you there. By and large, it was nice having you there. What an insincere sentiment. That's sincere. It's just loaded with qualifiers. Mm. If I had said, that was great, I really enjoyed myself, that, that would, would be, be insincere. I see. What I said was truthful, uh, euphemistic perhaps, sure, but honest, it's nicer when it's it's nicer when you're there. What is there left for us here? You know, uh, well, at the very least, fifteen more screenings. It seems a lot. It seems like a lot of time. Do you feel? Do you feel like we've uh, broken the back of it? Uh, well, by the numbers we have, but the it's around here. Well, we always say this, but it's around here that things get really. Really difficult. Do you know what this feels like? This feels like when you're fighting the boss in a video game, or say even like in anything. Mm. It might, <laughs> when my, you're fighting, you know, at the office when you are scrapping with yeah, your yeah. your manager. The most recent example, Derek, I have is when you're uh, in Dungeons and Dragons when you're playing this ma- you know this massive beast and you get a good hit on it and mm-hmm. you're like that should sort it out. Roll a natural twenty. But yeah, and then the, the and then like it takes a, a a glancing hit and it just keeps attacking and you're like no no <laughs> hold on yeah that's what it feels like where it's like I know statistically we've done the bulk of the legwork but to look at the film you don't feel that though. it looks unblemished it's like mm. oh my god what else it's a fembot from Austin Powers yeah why won't you die he gets them in the end though and I think this movie will defeat us. Well, I guess they get him because Vanessa turned out to be a fembot the whole time. We will defeat it. We're Austin Powers in this analogy, and that feels very strange. We, but we are, are we are dinged up, you know. Like, can we, I ask you a question? Do I make you horny? You do make me horny, Tim. <laughs> I tried to nuzzle into you during this watch. Mm. I leant over uh, the two chairs and I grabbed your arm and I lent my 
head on your arm and you did not like it. I didn't. Why not? Because this movie agitates me. Was I agitating you? I don't know. It all just It's in the I maelstrom thought, of hate for this film, isn't it? I thought... We're inside that, of it. Uh, I thought that a sense of camaraderie or affection, physical uh, intimacy, mm. would endear ourselves to one another and perhaps the movie to us as a unit. But and again... It drove, drove uh, us all further apart. You write it down on paper. You do the math. What you're saying makes sense. And yet, nah, I wasn't having it. Whose phone's going off? I think that's mine. That is you. What's happening? Oh, my mum's calling me. Oh, okay. What are you going to do about that? Uh, I'm just going to let it go. That's that's the worst of all available actions. You hang up on it. You could take it. Whatever it takes to get the vibrating to stop. It's gone. Fantastic. This movie's got me riled up. She was calling me up to say, um, I love you, boy. I love you, boy. But what are you doing with Carrie? No, I think... Do you know that my parents have just written this whole thing off? In what way? It's like, yeah. They don't care either way. They don't, they're no longer bothered to be confused or frustrated by It'd be by like it. if you came out as gay now in Utah. They're like, this is not great, but we all kind of love them anyway. Is that what's happening in Utah? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't actually know how Mormons feel about same-sex relationships. And homosexuals? Not sure. That's why this movie's got you in such fits that you're throwing out analogous examples you have no baseline of information on. None. But that's, that's good. An- that means you're running your mouth. That means you're in a reckless position. Oh, okay. Let's use this. Okay. What do you think about? Um, what do you think about same-sex relationships? I'm pro. I'm pro all relationships. All of them. Animals are supposed to get together. I mean, humans are. We are animals that are supposed to get together. Are you condoning bestiality? No. No, I'm not You're on a desert it. island. Mm-hmm. You form an emotional bond with a dolphin who is circling the island. Your only companion. Dolphins are an interesting you one, You develop eh? some form of communication whereby you can't articulate exactly how you're feeling, but you can communicate positive and negative energy. Yeah. They know if you're having a energy, good day okay. or a bad day. You can wade into the water, and when they swim past, you can, like, you know, stroke them, touch them. You form some sense of physical intimacy. One day, a hug in the ocean lasts half a beat longer than you thought it might. The dolphin sort of sidles on up to you and pecks you with its bottle nose in a way you hadn't experienced before. Uh-huh. What's your move? Hmm. You've probably, been there for two years. Probably not going to have sex with a dolphin. I, for I, two I, years. It, it was beautiful storytelling. I want to indulge you, but I've I've just... It's hard to put yourself in the mindset of someone who's been on an island by themselves for two years. You have no... You, there's no promise of ever leaving this island. You I, will die here. Yeah, I just don't think having sex with a dolphin is like a... It's like saying, I'm thirsty, I need water, so I'm going to, um, you know, fucking smack myself in the face with a coconut. It's like the two things don't match up. Yeah, I, I kind of understand what you're saying. If you, don't, if you don't return the kiss, this dolphin will be emotionally wounded. 
That's and, okay. And leave. I'm all right with emotionally wounding a dolphin. It would just be you. Versus um, trying to engage in what I'm... I'm assuming at this point, if I'm interpreting a, a nuzzle from a dolphin as a kiss, I think I've probably lost my mind. <laughs> and I would not want to give my, my own brain the benefit of the doubt that I'm correctly reading the romantic signals from a porpoise. You're not... I don't know if it's a... Is that what, it's a mammal, isn't it? But I, you're not as far what out. What are porpoises? I thought they were like They're different dolphins. animals. Are you're, they? You're not as far out there as I thought right now. I think I brought you back. Would you fuck a dolphin guy? Porpoises are a group of fully aquatic marine mammals, all of which are classified under the family for canate... I can't say that. Toothed whales. There are oh. seven extant species of porpoise. They're small toothed whales and they are very closely related to oceanic dolphins. Oh, but they're not dolphins. All they right. look similar, though. Um... Guy Montgomery, would you fuck that dolphin? Da 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 For the sake of... No, 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 no. Throw your qualifier out the window. I was going to say, for the sake of my own horniness. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Fucking ride or die, this dolphin, man. I don't think I... Stand behind it. I don't think I would. Had you answered differently, would I have answered differently? If I created an unsafe space for you to out yourself as a dolphin fucker. If you were on a desert island for two years by yourself. Uh, look. The, Do you, okay, let me. All right. Well, let's let's go down. The sands of time will play tricks on a man, Tim. The likes of which we cannot know. Exactly. And I can't put myself in the mindset of myself as a, a lonely of two years person on a desert island. You would get really messed up in the head though if you didn't see anyone for two years. You get fucking. I freaky. can barely go a day. We're not built for it. We are not built. Some for Some people it. are. I reckon you could go long. Uh, I think you. I think you and Rufus, mm. your beloved dog. If you didn't t- see anyone, but you and Rufus wound up spending a year. It was just the two of you. Do you I'm going to fuck my dog. No, is that where you're going with this? No. So say, I think you'd probably be. You'd still. I reckon you'd still be tethered to reality. You would be oh, mentally I, sound as by as the end have, of the year. You have some sort of companionship. This is like what Castaway's about, right? He just imbues the I've volleyball. Not, you know, I've not seen it. It's um. Does I was going to say a good does movie. He do you know fuck what? the volleyball? Ah, uh, he doesn't. He does not. Do you see him masturbate at all in that movie? No. It's not that kind of movie, guy. Do you think he would? It's Tom Hanks. The man's beloved. He's not going to throw away his career just for a bit of realism. Needless realism that doesn't add to the story. It's not suggested. It's not addressed. Him masturbating? No. No, the storyteller, and I can't remember who wrote and or directed the film, didn't think that that was an important part of the narrative. What is important is that they made the movie about a third more than it needed to be. Should have just been roll credits when he leaves the island. Um, Written by William Broyles Jr., directed by the great Robert Zemeckis. Back to the Future fame. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Now, Sex in the City, let me pick your brain. What was your favourite moment from this film? Uh... Well, funny you should say that, actually. Do you know, it's interesting, one of the few things that are keeping me engaged is that uh, the uh, the sort of oscillations in my relationship to Miranda, who she, I reckon, is holding pretty steady in her opinion of me, but, I mean, and I would never say this to her face, I cannot get a read on her lately. Uh, and this week, after, like, quite a few outings of not really getting along, I was sort of found her to be quite good company, not, am I saying Charlotte? I meant Miranda. I felt Miranda. I didn't even know what you were saying. Yeah, uh, you who, who know you I meant Miranda. Of yeah. course you do. 
Um, and so... He just kissed me, by the way. That's what that pause my was. My favourite moment was... This isn't even my show. Like, this was just a favourite moment. Was wow. The scene between Miranda and Carrie, it doubles as an ad for Pret a Manger, uh, when Miranda has, like, she's recently had to do some listening and self-reflection and, you know, take responsibility for some of the shortcomings in her relationship with Steve. Not out loud, you know, but much like Tom Hanks in the popular Robert Zemeckis movie from 2000 Castaway, it is suggested that uh, he's been masturbating and she's been thinking. And um, that's also a famous Willie Nelson song. He's been masturbating, she's been thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of his all-time greats. <laughs> um, and she's talking to Carrie about it and she says, you know, and Carrie, for maybe the first time I've seen, is actually offering advice and, you know, valuable insight into someone else's life. She's asking questions. She's listening to answers. She's genuinely engaged in a conversation in a way that we do not see very often. We certainly don't see represented when the group are hanging out as a foursome. And uh, Miranda, in turn, is listening and responding, and it's a genuine display of humanity. Like, it's one of the few times that the way a conversation, when... You know, like the way that a, a semi-decent conversation functions, and it's not like a particularly engrossing conversation, but just the fact that it resembles anything that might happen in someone's day-to-day life. <laughs> to me, I was like, "This is out, this is incredible," and I respected both characters in that moment for it. And that is supported by what was my actual shining light, which was earlier in the film when they're doing the fashion parade and Carrie's old walk-in wardrobe. Um, oh, and I hate to measure it against another woman but that is sort of what we're trapped in by reviewing this movie charlotte's performance always bothers me because it feels to me like Kristen davis has i don't know if it's a character decision or an acting decision but charlotte's got one face where she sort of draws her cheeks in and puckers it like and pouts and puckers and she's got fantastic cheekbones sure but it's like she always defers back to this look and i'm always like just any variety and Cynthia Nixon and her performance as Miranda makes big bold risks she commits she does one as like a tiger she does one where she does a funny face and she waggles her fingers like she's telling someone off and there's a real joy in that it's really nice to see um, commitment to the performance in a movie that it doesn't feel like everyone commits the same like it does the, the level of commitment in acting varies from you know actor to actor scene to scene like there's no it's not even watch to watch and watch to watch yeah it's not even handed and she really brought it to this scene it was a joy to watch confident performing uh it was just great she showed range and i think the same when i'm watching any you know when i'm watching anything i I like seeing it's what if you've ever if you've done an acting class or even you know if you when you're learning to do comedy and you get advice it's like you have to really commit like you're going to look a lot more stupid if you half-ass it than if you just fully commit and to me Miranda fully committed in that scene and Charlotte didn't hearing you talk about the movie like this with this much earnest real film critique is it's like watching someone trying to build a you know watchmakers 
People who make watches. Yeah, and they have the little monocle that magnifies stuff by like hundreds of times so they can see the little cogs and they've got their very delicate little tweezers because they're dealing with so many tiny, tiny moving parts that click together. It's like you watching you trying to build a watch from Play-Doh. Do I have the technical ability to get a watch made if given the right materials? I think you probably do, but you have Play-Doh right now. Uh, but what you're watching is... But a... you're bringing the laser focus required to deal with steel-fashioned cogs. Well, I mean, what a you... real pinnacle of, of human mechanical engineering, and you're using the medium of Play-Doh um, with those skills. What do you think of my notes? I agree with them, sure. <laughs> and that's the end of the sentence. Well, what did you like? Um, I liked Miranda's hair in one part of the movie. It is after her and Steve, I get, uh, uh, oh no, it's when they are at the couples counseling session. She's yeah. got great hair. You do like Shine a hair. light on that hair because it is my shining light. Shine a light and shine a light. Now I brought to your attention a moment that you hadn't noticed before, and this is a rarity when you get into the late thirties, folks. Uh, something I've noticed for man, literally dozens of watches. I noticed it real early on. I see it every time. It's the scene where Lily picks up the cell phone. It's the night before the wedding. That all gal sleepover. Get some sleep, groomy. Shout out, Charlotte. And um, Carrie's phone rings. Lily picks it up and she says sex to answer the the phone, which is, I think, a brilliant way to start phone calls and I might start opening my telephone conversations thusly. Sex. But if you look closely, don't look at Lily. They want you to look at Lily. The man is directing your attention toward Lily. What you want to be looking at... Mark Zuckerberg wants you to watch Lily. You want to be watching Carrie Bradshaw. Because Carrie Bradshaw is coaching this young child actor, uh, I think, into the line. And when Lily actually fucking nails it, not Carrie Bradshaw, but Sarah Jessica Parker appears briefly on screen to look directly down the barrel of the camera as if to say, I did not expect her to nail it this good. And it was a take so good they had to put it in the movie, even though... Yeah, SJP is true. It's a delight. She barrels the camera, and before that, you see her saying, Pick it up. You say something. And then she whispers as though she's about to say, Say sex. But the performance starts then. She says sex, and Carrie, in disbelief, just barrels the camera, and the Kirby Enthusiasm theme music plays. It's really great. And it is honestly, it's nice to see because otherwise, as always, scouring this movie for continuity errors. There's only one we know of, right? Yeah. In fact, I would describe the whole thing as a continuity area because the continuity in this area is perfect. The continuity error, which we have mentioned before, is, of course, when they're at the restaurant in Mexico and Charlotte orders a bottled water. She wipes the edge of the bottle before she takes a sip so there's no Mexican germs on it because she is a 
ignorant racist. I think and then a, do you know we the, flash do you know back the, to the bottle after that moment, and there is a cap on it. She's wiping the part of the bottle that's under the cap with a tea towel that has been washed in Mexico. I mean, yeah. if her fear is true, she'd be best to just leave it. Of course, but nothing she's doing makes any fucking sense. Yeah, I feel bad. She's for also eating. Kristen Davis was given a bunch of eggs to suck in this movie. She, eh? She's eating chocolate pudding twenty four seven instead of rolling the dice on five star accommodation food you know what seems like a healthier safer decision for stuff to put in your body and she pays the price for that she sure does by shitting her pants if you forgot I don't know how often this makes it to the mic but Tim and I (laughs) are constantly taking issue with the notion that Carrie Bradshaw is a professional writer because we don't see her do a lot of writing and this week I figured out that the only evidence of her putting pen to paper or um, digits to digits does that work? Sure. Digits, fingers to digits. Digits is like a, a pinky in the brain, brain kind of. I was imagining same thing digits we do to every... keyboard. Okay. Ne- I don't know. Uh, it- <laughs> you, you put it together, folks. Come on, guys. Come with me. Uh, is at the very end in a voiceover. Like all the other voiceovers, I honestly don't understand. And I know you're not meant to overthink it. And we take this because it exists in the TV show. But I don't understand their relationship to whether or not they're... And I think in the TV show, they were her articles, maybe. But, oh, the narration? Yeah, but in, yeah. The, in the movie, it's just nonsense. It's just narrative device. It's lazy storytelling. Mm. And, uh, you know, she's this weird omnipresent, om- omniscient narrator with, you know, nothing to actually add. They're like, different words. They're the same. They've got the same meaning, but they're different yeah. words. But, yeah, it's interesting. It's such an interesting device to put into a movie to have someone who sees everything but does nothing with the information. It doesn't. It's it's hard to kind of figure out in a way. I guess what's another, what's another movie that uses a narrator? Um, that one about the tax man who finds out he's writing his own life or something. Stranger than fiction. Yeah, nice one. Nice one, dude. I'm not. For, I guess if you haven't watched something 37 times, it's hard to compare it to something you have watched 37 a times. A lot of children's movies used to have narration because yeah. it was like a story. Book. I don't know how the use of it in Sex and the City measures up to the ordinary use of narration, but I, I know that it's starting to get on my nerves. But the only evidence that she's put anything on, down on paper is she's doing a reading at a at a book at a um, bookstore right at the end. Right at the end, and she says, "This is all we hear from her." So this is the you know the result of two years work and the most rom- romantically no way you've got this memorized interpersonally tumultuous part of her. Are you, you going to try and do this? Two years of what should be very prosperous, you know, professional times. There's a lot of fertile ground as, for her you to know, work with. As as it can be for some comedians, I think you know if life's going well, they find it hard to mine for source material. But if things go wrong, you've got a wealth of stuff to draw on. But she says, and as I put. As I put the wedding gown away, I couldn't help but wonder, why is it that we're willing to write our own vows, but not our own rules? Tim, if I gave you a $500,000 advance to write a book, and you went away for two years, got jilted at the aisle, wound up remarrying the same person who jilted you, and the return from that $500,000 two-year investment was and as I put the wedding gown away I couldn't help but wonder why is it that we're willing to write our own vows but not our own rules I mean I don't know what legal protocol in this situation is (laughs) but I would not be happy with that investment 
What do you think? I think you would be well within your rights to murder me and take the money back. Yeah? Yeah. Especially if you saw... Put a silver bullet in my brain for this injustice. If I saw your refurbished, redecorated home slash home office. Actually, do you know what? This is just the kind of situation that I would enjoy transpiring in real life because you are taking the piss to such an extreme. You've become one of those unstoppable people, you know, who just kind of go through life and things get flung at them and they're just completely unaffected by what other people's thoughts res- or feelings are. Do you respect are. that? It is impossible for me to be completely divorced from being impressed by that kind of mentality. I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I can't saying. help but be a little bit impressed by it. It seems, yeah, well within your wheelhouse to be impressed by someone. Is it like it's a funny character type, but it is a devastating real life human being? Yeah, funny in stories, bad in the world. Yeah, you can't go around thinking that your actions shouldn't be made divorced of thought from how it affects others. And yet some people operate like that. that and it's is, impressive. That, that is how char- that's what sociopaths do, right? Yeah. It's like it's all in their best interests. There's a there's a deficiency of Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know what. It's, like, it's a it psychological is, term that I, I don't know the definition, the medical no, definition of I'm, sociopath. I'm, I'm the same, but I, I feel like Carrie, if not a sociopath, does exist divorced from reality. Her yeah. Fa- her facility, like her, she's got no... She seems, she seems um, narcissistic. Yeah. Absolutely, but uh, and she, yeah, she's got no uh, notion of empathy. One of those people, if they shine their light on you, you feel like the entire world is burning bright on you, and you feel fantastic. And then when they turn their back on that, I think that's a real hallmark of narcissism. It's mm. kind of damaging people because they're often quite um, charismatic. Yeah, and they'll kind of it's that old treat them mean, keep them keen thing where you, they'll be massive dicks to everyone ninety percent of the time, and just drip feed that little ten percent of nice out so that to keep you on the hook. Do you think that they use the word charismatic at any point during the Sex and the City series? <laughs> Definitely, it's irresistible, isn't it's it? It's just sitting on the shelf for you, folks. And they love a pun in this show. We know this about Mattress Pikelet. The TV series, I think, way more than the movies. was just It was lousy with puns. You couldn't get rid of them. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I was recently told that until the end of season four, Sex in the City is and remains prestige television. Re- How recently did you hear this news? Last weekend. From a reliable source? From Sex in the City fans. Uh, that wasn't a yes or a no. Reliable. Well, yeah, so let's remove that they're fans of Sex in the City, otherwise reliable oh, oh. source. Yes, but why would we remove that? That seems to me like the most relevant piece of information. Well, it's sort of self-defeating. If they're fans. No, because... Hey, the new Marvel movie is really good. Who told you that? A fan of that movie. Okay. No, not of that movie. You can be a fan of the Marvel franchise and say, I thought the last movie sucked. And oh, I trust I your fandom. Okay, okay. Like so, they're, so sorry. So they're discerning fans. I see. Who have enough separation from the franchise to say, yeah, these seasons were good. At this point, I lost interest and it became oh, bad. Oh, I see. I see. How many seasons are there? Six. Ah, my apologies to you, guy. I well, apologize, don't apologize to, to me. Apologize to the fans. I apologize to the fans. Like that? Yeah. Is yeah. that how you do an apology? Pitch perfect, my friend. Let's check in with Steve, because we, we haven't in a couple of episodes, and I would love to know what's happening with him, that he has to make a clean getaway in one of those beautiful bumblebee yellow New York cabs. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want to bother those people. He sure doesn't. And he sure looks disheveled. But he must. Something's happened. Yeah. Why would you go to the people who least want to see you in he's your lo- moment of greatest need? He's lost his Bitcoin. He kept it on cold storage. He had it on a little USB key. You know, he bought it ages ago when it was $18 a coin. And now he's he's got like 100 coins. He just bought them on a whim. It's it's worth like half a million dollars now, but he's fucking lost the USB key. They're just on like a little flash drive. They're on a flash drive. And the <sighs> irony is he put them on there because he didn't want to trust chucking them online because he thought someone might hack his account. That- but he's lost the fucking USB key. What do you think, first of all, of the security measure of keeping your Bitcoin on a flash drive? Yeah, brilliant. Do it. Everyone should do it. Everyone should be in Bitcoin. (laughs) Our one libertarian listener will definitely back me on this. Leverage into Bitcoin, put it on a single (laughs) USB drive. That's the way to live. And so Steve has lost his... He's lost it, and it's worth so much money now. It's pretty much... The bar isn't going well. I think it's important for you to know that also. In this moment, financially, like, he is in the hole, my guy. But he's basically won the lottery and lost his ticket. Yeah. So he's trying to figure out if anyone's seen. It's a very awkward situation. The way he shares the information, does he say, because we could wind up with a rat race type situation here. Does he say, hey... You guys haven't seen... So he obscures the information. So you guys haven't seen a 8 gigabyte black... Kingston. Flash drive Kingston USB yeah. on a... Like, it's on a key ring with a lobster roll on it. You haven't seen that around, have you? Because I lost it and it's just got some important work stuff on it. 
or to really motivate people to have to find it, does he say, hey, you haven't seen the same USB on the same key ring because it kind of has 100 bitcoins on it. and uh, <laughs> Kind of. I kind of need that. You would definitely go with the former rather than the latter. You would not but why reveal would, the why, fact that there why, was a okay, half dollar Why does he look so ticket? concerned? Mm. Why would he turn to these people if all he's lost is a bit of work stuff? Well, people's work stuff is all relative to them, isn't it? It's like, they still like Steve. Your own shit's important to you. It has no value to them except for the value that it has to Steve. So what that does is these that... Are, but like, these are not empathetic. Like, as established time and again, these are not characters no, who have a natural th- proclivity towards sympathising and feeling and caring for others. On the whole, you're correct, but I also think you are painting everyone with the Carrie Bradshaw brush. They're not all as bad as her. Charlotte, can you please Can you Miranda. please grade? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the, the main four and their partners. Would that I could. From least empathetic to most empathetic. At least first, okay. The least So we're empathy. shouting down to the most empathetic character. The least empathetic down. is Carrie Bradshaw and Senor Grande. <laughs> All right? They're at the top or bottom of the list. I don't know what direction we're going in. We're going down. The least empathy, it. I guess, we're at the top. We're in the penthouse yeah. apartment, yes. which they also occupy. Next. You don't have to bracket them as couples, by the way. Some people. Can- oh, just everyone. You yeah, mean yeah. put them on runs? Yeah. So it could be like you know. Here we go. Sitting in the penthouse apartment is Carrie Bradshaw. Um, just below her, it's Samantha Jones. Oh. Below that, Senora Grande. Okay. Below that, uh, Miranda. Yep. Then now here's where it gets interesting. It actually goes Smith. Okay. Then Steve. Is Charlotte in here yet? Not yet. You've left Harry and Charlotte. Harry and then Charlotte. I think Charlotte is the most affected by other people. Wow. I think I fucked up Charlotte, actually. I think I'd chuck her a little higher, but not not too much. Apart from that, I stand by my my waiting. I kind of agree. And do you know for how annoying I find Charlotte, we can't take that away from her. She cares about other people. I mean, she's the only person in this movie who feels real, like, true emotion on behalf of someone. She is absolutely furious at Big in that scene when they get in their respective wedding cars when Carrie struck her with the flowers. You know, the way that the friends treat Miranda is really upsetting. Yeah. Because... I feel like Charlotte does extend some of her empathy towards Miranda in the Steve situation. But, you know, like, it's, it's adultery within a pre-existing marriage, it's not on the same scale, possibly, of spectacle in terms of public humiliation as a jilting. But in terms That's of- fucking interesting. I know it's, it's not, I don't know, is it apples and oranges? Think, How do you compare the two? Well, I think in terms of emotional turmoil, yeah. they're on... Even footing. Oh, and, but I don't think so. I don't agree with that. What's worse? The jilting. The jilting's worse than, worse than adultery. I think so, yeah. Why? Um, because of the spectacle element. I think, yeah. Public humiliation is is huge. 
And so the fallout from it's that like, is great. I, I, I think I've said this before, but it's always fascinated me. You know when you see someone fucking nail themselves on the pavement and their first instinct is always to, like they will put all of their bodily energy into looking normal as yeah. quickly as possible. Yeah. They could have a fucking broken bone. They could have just dislocated their shoulder, but their instinct won't be, oh my God, I better stop and check myself and like, like who see what needs seven. It's to look around, see how many eyewitnesses there are and quickly get yourself to like a dark corner to and assess ma- yourself yeah, from to private. make a decision it's fucking it is a, a it's a deep human thing that public humiliation element okay well so it, it, even with this information even with the knowledge that the jilting maybe has you know more emotional fallout relatively speaking for carrie than the adultery does for miranda mm. the way in which the friends respond and rally around Carrie who is by all accounts a selfish self-centered person who does not have any dependence uh, versus how they respond to Miranda who tells them all that her marriage the person with whom she shares responsibility and custody of a child a real person mm. it's like it's eons like the way they respond to Carrie so they pour oh shit. yeah definitely, so definitely. Towards, like Miranda, the, the footing that Miranda has in the friendship Miranda and the way that she is treated it's she like, is a she is a dog she is a rabid it dog it almost means that she oh, I don't know if this is right I don't know if I can say it but almost deserves if she doesn't have the fucking you know level of emotional insight to be like hey pull finger here guys I'm in a real fucking situation and you're my closest friends. I need you to support me right now. I'm going to gloss over the fact that you are literally victim blaming right now <laughs> inside of this devastating friendship circle. Yeah, um, but, you know, you were right to say, this is a thought I'm having that I don't think is right, but for the good of entertainment, yeah, absolutely. let me air it and we'll see how yeah. it goes. The thing is, I think Miranda is, I, I, I sort of, I'll meet you a quarter of the way to where you are because I think she's her own worst enemy in this way she is a woman who exudes personal strength Mm. and often Mm. those people Mm. you know Mm. the people around them will go Uh well this person doesn't need my support they've got yeah they've got their own coping mechanisms and will leave those to run their course she's strong enough to weather the storm and it's like she is your fucking friend well her real yeah the real display of strength for her now would be to say i need you guys because even if you think about in mexico when she gets absolutely fucking poleaxed for not being not having a bikini wax yeah, by man. Samantha. Samantha puts and her she, on such an intense blast yeah. that Cyclops from the X-Men gets jealous. And it's obvious that Miranda is going through something because she immediately takes the information that's being thrown at her and you know refers it to the demise of her marriage. So it's like, wow, you are still reeling from this. Like anything that we say to you, I mean, there's quite a specific material attack on the way she looks, but it's like she goes, oh, so this is why my marriage fell apart? She walks away... Carrie, Queen fucking B, goes, Hey, I think we should go for dinner at the restaurant tonight. Single most fucked moment in the film, which is by no means like a glossary of how to no. behave as a human. The film is bad. That is a rare moment that is just a cut above everything in terms no of one the goes psychopathy. Up, no one goes after Miranda, presumably who's going to, you know, wait down her swimming costume and pumps and walk into the fucking sea. It's like, hey, we should go out. You know what? I'm ready for yeah, us yeah. to go to dinner <laughs> yeah. together. It is insane. It's oh. nuts. For no one to stop that making it into the film. Oh, my There's, God. But they, you know, the, they had a very wide berth. 
they were given a lot of rope. No one was quality controlling this because... I was about to say the horses bolted, and then I remembered that everyone used to make fun of Sarah Jessica Parker for looking like a horse. Do you remember that period of time? Yeah. It was mean, wasn't it? They'd always... Yeah. They'd always say she <sighs> had a horse all about face. That. Funny story from Chris Parker of the male gaze fame about when <laughs> the, he noticed... Uh, all of the guys in his class were putting pictures of sexy women underneath the lids of their desk. And uh, so in a panic to try and fit in with this train, guys, he put a picture of Sarah Jessica. This is like prime sex in the city. Is a picture of Sarah Jessica Parker, which is such a funny panic move. <laughs> it's not that she's not beautiful, but it's just that she does not fit the teenage boy mold. It's like... She's, she's, yeah, her, her beauty is not, you know, characterized in the way that teenage boys are doing performative arousal and masculinity. That's you know. some funny shit. The approximation of, of tried to fit it. Like, yeah. oh, this is in the ballpark. I'm pretty sure I've <laughs> yeah, nailed yeah. it. It's like, no, dude, you've not. I'm sorry to tell you. Oh, man. I feel like we got into some stuff today. Um, you did right. You did right. I think we're in a good zone. Give it, give it a second. You got more? I want to ask you a question. I will answer so honestly. What do you think Senor Grande will do if he finds the USB key before Steve? Oh. He is the one person inside of this whole operation who might know what to do with it. He's going to put it into his computer. Mm-hmm. He's going to open up the folder that mm-hmm. contains the files on the USB. He's going to see 100 BC. TC. BTC. BTC. He's going to be like, huh. He's going to open up one of them. It's going to be a representation of a Bitcoin in a language or, you know, a piece of visual imagery that he doesn't understand. He's going to drag it to his trash can. <laughs> he's going to open up the second Bitcoin. Same thing. He's gonna. He's never going to open them all at once. He's going to do it individually to 100 Bitcoins until <laughs> he, drags, he, dra- he drags them into the trash. He's got... He right-clicks on trash. He's got his finger on empty trash. Yeah. Steve comes in. Yeah. Senor Grande says, Steve, I found your USB. Someone had loaded it up with shit. So don't worry. I've cleared it for you. You hear the sound of paper scrunching up. The universal noise for empty trash can. And Steve like runs towards Big as all of the Bitcoin is wiped from the USB. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what a good adventure! <laughs> Why wasn't that an episode of Sex in the City? It's impossible to say. Steve, uh, Big has to be one of the stupidest motherfuckers I've met in my entire fucking life. You're being a literacist. No, it's nothing to do with his literacy. It's everything to do with all around it. Like I, and to be honest, I feel like that moment is why Mister Big Big starts, or Senor Grande starts a, a book full of harebrained get-rich-quick schemes. Oh, he's trying to atone. He's. It's all in service of helping Steve. Fair enough. Who could blame him? I'm so sorry, Steve. Yeah, he's gone. Don't a bit worry. Mad trying, I'll I'm fix a, this. Don't I'll worry. Fix this. I'm a businessman. I will fix this. He is so, so while underwater. St- while Steve is on Mr. Big's computer, just frantically trying to figure out how to, you know, if you can r- recover recently lost items from a trash can. Yeah. You- Mr. Big has opened his book and he's just sketching all sorts of fucking <laughs> ideas in there. And the first one, it's half keyboard, half flute. 
How does that work? It's a flute board. So you blow into it, yeah. and however hard you blow, oh, do you mean got, keyboard the instrument? Yeah, yeah. That's an instrument that exists already, and I think it's called a melodophone. Melo- Not like this. Or something. You blow into the flute, <laughs> okay. yeah. and there are different chambers through which the air travels. And it hits different, like you have no control over what notes are being played. You just blow into it and it just, your wind goes wherever it goes. That's cool. Invite an element of chaos to your musical theory. Absolutely. That's the problem with Mr. Big's ideas. They're all underpinned by chaos theory. Yeah. A theory he does not understand. Check it out. A wristwatch that is actually a random number generator. So you look at your arm to see what the time is and it tells you it's 72 past one. <laughs> oh, I'm late. <laughs> he runs Maybe? out of a window of his building. Yeah, man, and he's high up. He can't fly, or at least he couldn't. <laughs> Were it not for his famous invention, a cape made of taxidermied birds. Check it out. Here's the theory. <laughs> what can fly? Birds. What's awesome? Taxidermy. Put it together. Taxidermy birds. The theory goes that the birds would retain their gift of flight and be able to sort of imbue you with their powers if you wear them like a jetpack. But the critical thing is, Big has paid no attention to why birds fly, just that they do. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of physics involved to it. you got flat wings. You can't just tape a bunch of birds together and hope for the best. Do you know as you there to is return on investment here for us? Because the further we plummet into Sex and the City, the stronger the ties between Sex and the City and Sex and the City 2 grow. Yeah. And if nothing else, in doing that, we have achieved something. There is a lot of story untold off the screen on the mar- in the margins Sex and City 1.5 yeah we need to flesh that out a little more build that bridge to connect the two no, this is as good a place as any to leave it if you're listening to this <clears throat> and you live in Sydney uh, please come along and check out my live show it's called I Was Part of the Problem before we were talking about it it's on at Giant Dwarf on May 4th Saturday May 4th and Sunday May 5th and then the New Zealand Comedy Festival is happening right after that. And Tim, you're doing your talk show. Yes, I am. Space Couch, ladies and gentlemen, a live comedy chat show with Disaster Radio, a man, a musician who I've loved for like 10 years. I've been a big fan Disaster of Disaster Radio on Spotify? Yeah, bro, yeah, you need to believe it. it. He is also Eyeliner. Anyway, go to littleempirepodcasts.com slash live and you get details on all these shows and more. Everyone has got a, a thing on the thing. Thanks for listening. We'll see you sooner than either of us would care to admit. It's very true and highly devastating. Good luck out there, everyone. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
cookbook, guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.